you for listening to Waypoint Community Church Podcasts. We hope you enjoy. We're into a series where we're looking at small truths that could save you headaches and maybe from wrecking your life. Uh, We got the title, Life Hacks from stuff that's going on in our culture right now. People are finding little small things that you could do that might save you a headache, and they're sharing them with everybody on social media. For instance, if you've ever tried to watch a video on your phone, you've tried to set it there while you're cooking or you're reading or doing something else, and it keeps falling over, they said, hey, this is a life hack. You could do this. You could take a pair of glasses, kind of fold it, and set it right in there. I've tried this. It works. Where this doesn't work is if you use your own glasses to set the phone up. That's a hack. Don't try that. Get a different pair, right? Um, I wasn't smart enough to figure that out at the time. Now, the hacks that we're talking about, though, they're bigger issues. And, and the wrecks and the headaches that you could save your life for are significant. So last week, we talked about relationships. And this morning, I want to talk about a lot of stuff you heard in that song just right now. It's, it's popular in the culture. A lot of those phrases about this longing for change, there's a desire for something that different, desire for something that's deeper, not shallow, filling the voids in your life. I hear, I hear this from people all the time on the issue that we're about to talk about. And it is, it's very popular in our culture right now. And I, I don't think it's just younger people, although you hear it there a lot. If you're older, maybe you've heard it said this way, I'm trying to find my life calling If you're younger, what they're saying right now is I want to make a difference with my life. I want to find something that I can do that matters, that has purpose and meaning to it. And what they're saying ultimately is they'd like to find a job, a vocation where they can marry these two things, doing something that means something and somebody actually paying them for that sort of thing. And uh, people have looked at that and thought, Man, I don't know. I don't know if it's possible. That's maybe a little naive. I was talking to one of my sons who's getting ready to graduate from college. And we were talking about a little business and having a conversation. And all of a sudden he says, Dad, I don't want this to be about the money. And I knew that that's kind of his thinking. He's getting ready to go out and get a job. And I kind of cheer that inside. I don't want you to go get a job for the sake of money. And the other thought that I had in my head was, I want you to get a job where you can support yourself right? I think that would be a grand idea. And so you have this tension, but some people would look at my son and say, you're just naive. A job is not a thing that you do to make you happy. It's, It's not fun and enjoyable. It's a trade. It's all it is. You trade your time and energy for something that another organization needs. And at the end of the day, If you've been given an income and they're satisfied with what you've done for them, then everything is fine. Searching for any kind of deeper meaning and purpose in this isn't worth your time and effort. And I've talked to a lot of people who've just kind of given up on the thought. They're not looking for purpose and meaning at their job. They don't think it's possible and they're ready to be done with it. But I've talked to a lot. They're teenagers their 20s, their 30s. Honestly, I've talked to 40, 50, and 60-year-olds who hope 
that maybe they could find purpose and meaning in a job, and they haven't done it yet, and they're still looking, and they're hoping that maybe they can land the perfect job where they're gonna feel really fulfilled with it. And, I, and when I say that, I, when I say perfect job, I don't know what comes to your mind, but we understand, I'm just assuming, so I'm gonna say it out loud, we assume that you understand that no job is really perfect. There will be parts of every job that you hold that you won't enjoy. But what we're talking about is getting closer to a place where the, the majority of the stuff that you do fills your life with a sense of meaning and purpose and fires you up each day. Like you go to work excited. Is that possible? Well, we want to talk about that this morning because there are people who've kind of given up on the thought. And they're just, they're in their job surviving. And uh, we had a series uh, back in January where we talked about work, the value of work and finding purpose and meaning in all work. I'm, I'm going to get much more narrow. I want to talk about vocation, a job that you might get. Because there are others here who are still holding out hope that it might be possible. And in fact, because they haven't found it, they feel like their life has some voids they're ready for a change. They're not really sure what to do. And I think some of the truths that we find in here today are going to help you figure some stuff out, okay? We're going to start with a foundational piece. If this, um, if this isn't true, then the rest of our conversation doesn't matter. So I want to take you to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Paul is writing to a small group of people. He's a church. And he says this. He says this in verse 6 of chapter 12. There are different kinds of workings but in all of them, in all of those different kinds of workings, and in every one. I'm going to stop right there. Because this is where the rubber meets the road. I don't know how many, I don't know how many followers of Jesus that I've talked to who have concluded that somewhere in their life they missed the boat when it came to meaning and purpose, and God didn't have any for them. Like, they're the exception to the rule. Everybody else might have something that they can do. Everybody else might have meaning and purpose. But me, it's just not there for me. That's not how the scriptures read. God's doing work, different work, that shows up in you. But it's in every one. Every one of you, God is working in. Every one of you, it's different. It will look different. It will be different. In every one of you, it is the same God at work. The thing that we all have in common is not that it's us. It's the fact that God is doing something in us. And because he's at work in us, that means he's providing a purpose. Look at how this goes on and says. It says, now to each of you, now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit. That's a, it's a big word for saying when the, when the Spirit does the stuff, the work that's different in you, it shows up in you differently. You have different gifts. You'll have a different character that God's developing. You'll have a different personality. You'll have a different attitude. He takes that unique blend of who you are, and look what he has, look what he has in mind for it. It's given for the common good. God is working in you so that when you take all of the person that you are, that it will impact the world that you live in. You were made on purpose. 
I, I want you to just think about that for a second. In fact, I want you to help me help others. Look around at the people at your row or table and look them in the eye and say, God made you on purpose for a purpose. Do it. Not buying it. Okay, louder and say it. Seriously, God made you on purpose for a purpose. You know what I've discovered? That it's easier to tell other people the truth than to accept it ourselves. So I'd love for you to actually believe what you just said to somebody else. God made you on purpose, for a purpose. He did. And if you don't, listen, if you don't accept that as a premise, if you don't understand that, that that's the way God thinks about you, then it would be crazy for me to try to convince you to go and find a purpose, like to go and discover it, to go step into it and live it. The problem is, most of us have thought or believed that our purpose has to do with a job, a vocation, or some kind of activity that you do, and what you've missed is that your purpose has to do with the work that God is doing in you, the gifts that he puts in you, the person that he's made you to be with that personality, the experiences that you've collected that he's doing stuff with, that unique mix. God wants to use. And because he wants to use that, you have a unique purpose that's in your life, available to be used by God for the good of the world. And until you believe that, it's a small little truth, I know it, but I didn't say it would be easy to accept. There are a lot of people who have just decided they don't have one. And I wanna tell you right now, if you can't change your thinking on this, you'll miss out on how God wants to use your life in a dramatic way. It was always his plan. He has a purpose in mind for you that he wants to use for his kingdom, for the greater good, for the common good is the way the scripture said it. Now let's just say for a second that you're willing to take a leap with me and accept that you were made on purpose, that you have a purpose to fulfill in life. If you have, if you have that belief, then how do you go about figuring it out? Well, I've got some stuff that might be able to help. Paul's writing in another epistle. He comes up in uh, Philippians chapter 2, and he says this. This is in verse 12. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now more in my absence. Paul is writing from jail. He's in jail right now. But these people are on his mind. He's saying, listen, I'm not there to walk alongside you, but I still want you to follow after God. I still, want, I still want you to care about what he cares about. But then he says this. He says, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. The other verses attached to it, there's a comment. It says, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. <laughs> uh, there are two small truths in here that have to do 
with the topic that we're talking about today? Is there, is there any way to marry vocation and a paycheck? Is that possible? Is it, is it there for me to have? And all, all I can tell you is the first truth in verse 12 is a bit disturbing for us. It is not how we like to see things. Did you see what it said there? It said, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. See, it appears that God is fairly comfortable with part of your journey being a struggle. And that's not what we want. I, I can tell you often, when people talk to me about their job, their vocation, that sort of thing, and they ask me to pray, what they're praying for is that well, God will give them a moment of enlightenment where they will know the perfect job to get or their purpose and meaning in life. It will come to them in a flash. But God appears to be far more comfortable with some wrestling that you might do, some discomfort that you might have. Why is that? Because it turns out God's far more interested in a process of elimination in your life rather than a process of enlightenment. He, want, he wants you to actually go and do things, try things, struggle with things, and then step back and say, what just happened to me? What is going on here? What happened in me that set off a spark that fired me up? What was that about? I want to know. I want to understand that. I hate this job. Why? I don't know how many people I've talked to who hate the job and just left it and never learned anything about themselves or about what God was doing with them. There was something that he was revealing to you about why you hated that job. You probably should know that or you're going to go somewhere else and repeat the same thing. See, the thing that's happening is that when God places something in you, he's placing it as a motive. Like it's deep down inside of you and it's the thing that drives you. And because you're built with a purpose, there's a motive that you're going to operate on. And the experiences that you would come into in life will reveal what motivates you. And when you get fired up, it tells you something about the motive. Listen, the second part is important, then we're going to put them together. See, the second idea in verse 13 is that it's God who's acting in you in order for you to fulfill his purposes. This is really important. We have concluded that finding a life full of purpose is about us being happy. And I believe that you will find a sense of joy when you find your purpose, but it's about honoring God with your life above all else. And when you do that, there is something about that serving God with a genuine heart that there's nothing else like. And it's why God wants you to struggle some. He wants you to wrestle with some stuff. Because he wants you to make sure it's not just about you. You being happy. You getting what you want. He wants it to be about him. And when your life is done for some bigger purpose, a bigger meaning, bigger value, there is a sense of I'm really doing something that matters here. But it starts with motives, and I would say it this way. The struggle helps you find your motive. 
And when you start to find your motive, you can look at the job that you're in and you can say, I know what lights up my heart. God must have put all of this in me and that's what fires me up. I should see if there's any way I can move my time around so that I can spend more time on that in my current role. Because it, 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 it's who God made me to be. And it was part of what he gave to me for the common good. So I'm going to try to do that. And maybe you can move from three hours a week to five hours a week. And it fills your bucket because of that. Or maybe you realize, no, three hours a week is all I can do. That's all I'm going to be able to do to be really fulfilled with what I'm doing right now. I need a different role. But here's the problem that happens. People go from job to job, but they don't ask the right question as they do it. The question you should be asking is, when I move to the next job, does it give me an opportunity to step in and closer to the motives that God placed in my heart so that I can exercise those more often. I might take a job that now gives me 10 hours a week where I'm really passionately doing the stuff that God put in me to do. And because of that, you feel fulfilled. You're honoring God. See, we often think it's about the job. And it's not. There's no perfect job. There are a lot of jobs that give you opportunities to exercise who God made you to be. And it would be wise if you knew that makeup that God has in you so that you could fully do that in the role that you're in right now. And if you find you're not satisfying enough, then go look for a job that allows you to do that purpose. Instead of just, I hate it, I'm done. What, would you, what did you learn out of that that allows the next job to make more sense for you, that's closer aligned with who God made you to be? This is, this is the kind of stuff that as followers of Jesus, if you were thinking about, I think it would change your perception of feeling like you have a sense of purpose in life. It's there for you to have, but you're gonna have to struggle through some work. You're gonna have to find some motivation Find your motivation, um, step into that motivation, find fulfillment. It's the way it's going to work. Uh, now, the last little truth that I want to share with you, it's kind of important. I can't take you to a section of Scripture because literally it's chunks of Scripture, large chunks of Scripture regarding key people throughout the Scriptures. This happens in Abraham's life. It happens in Joshua's life, Moses' life happens in David's life, happens in Paul, in Peter. It even happens in Jesus' life. He doesn't need it to happen in his life. But as a human, he decides to respect the customs of the day. And so he doesn't start his ministry until age 30. So he has a whole, he has 30 years where you're wondering, what did you do during that time? Well, he said he was a carpenter, so we know that he was working with stones. Carpenters did a lot of stone work in that area of Galilee. They weren't working with wood. There was no wood to work with there. But they worked with stone. And so he had, he had a different vocation. Um, Moses was a shepherd for a long period of time. And when God tapped him for his season to really step fully into a purpose, he was 80 years old. 
Just in case you think being retired puts you out of the game for God to mess with your life, I have news for you. That's not the way it works. That's not how God thinks about this stuff. Every one of these guys, David, crown king, um, high teens, waits 10 years before he's a king. Peter, fisherman, before he's a servant of God. Paul, a lawyer. Um, if, if you're not careful, you'll do what I did. Uh, when I graduated from college, my parents had been in full-time ministry. And I felt God ask me to go that way, and I did not want that. I'd seen enough stuff that I just felt like I was, I was not going to go down that path. And I said, no, God, I won't do that. And so for the next 10 years, I held five different jobs. I worked at a food service uh, place as a manager, sold insurance for a year. I was an electrical estimator, um, took plans off, figured out costs, helped run projects. I worked in a plant where we anodized, ran aluminum airplane parts through acid solution so that they would be stand up in an airplane. And then I day traded. I, I bought and sold stocks every day. It was a lot of fun. And um, when I look back on that 10 years, I've, I've spoken about it this way uh, many times to people. I've said that was a wasteland of my life. I blew it. I wish I could have had those 10 years back and would have honored God because I don't know what he would have done with those 10 years. But I wasted 10. That's how I've talked about it. But as I've gotten older and I've taken more time to go back and think about those years, I don't view it that way anymore. Uh, when I was at food service, you know what I learned about me? God made me to go 100 miles an hour. And if it goes below that, I get bored. And that kind of environment was fast, and I like fast. It keeps, it keeps me engaged. Um, selling insurance. I didn't, I didn't figure it out at the time. I figured it out later. But those, all of those people who were saying no to me, it didn't hurt me. And... Um, and I, I took it personally at the time, and I had to learn that process was really helpful as I look back to go, it wasn't personal. I guess I can ask people, and if they say no, what's the worst thing that could happen? And I, I kind of got that starting there. I learned uh, to love projects, to organize them, to see them through at that electrical estimating job. At the plant that I was in, I figured out that I really loved talking to people about Jesus. There are a couple people in that plant who were far from Jesus. And they would have conversations with me. And it was so much fun. We, we talked, we had some incredible conversations that, I, that woke stuff up in me that made me go, I've got to get closer to a place where I can talk about this more because it really moves my heart. I was a day trader because I love risk. Um, the failing uh, doesn't stop me. It probably should, but it doesn't stop me, right? There's, 
Um, and here's, here's what I'm going to tell you right now. This was not my plan. I'm using every one of those skills that I just described to you in the role that I have right now. That was not my plan. What happened was God took a wasteland and he still used it effectively in my life. And you may feel like you're there right now in a place where God has left you alone and you don't get it. You don't know why you're there. You don't know why you're struggling through this. I'm just telling you right now from experience, he's not wasting that time in your life. It's part of that unique story that he's writing that he wants to bring to the world for the common good. And the problem is you probably haven't seen it yet because it's been so dry there. Maybe you were like me. You were in a place of disobedience, so I wasn't as connected to God as I should have been. But it didn't mean that he had given up on me. It was still building into my life. And if you're not careful, you'll look at seasons of your life and think that they're just wasted and missed opportunities. And you will have not understood that God was preparing you for more. And God's timing is his timing, and you have to put up with it. That's the truth. That's why if you're retired right now and you think you're going to be okay, you should know God's timing is not yours. And if he calls on you like he did Moses, it'll be go time. Because he's putting together a unique story in a unique way in your unique life. And he does that over time. Listen, friends, I'm, I'm convinced I'm convinced that you have a purpose. And I think there are all kinds of things that get in the way of us seeing it, of us stepping into it. Some of it is we, we just expected it right now. We expected this moment of enlightenment and it didn't come. And it's time to struggle. It's time for you to figure out the stuff that was going on. It might be that there's just a time of patience that you need to be in. You're in, a, you're in a wasteland right now. And you need to have a conversation with God about why you're there and what you could learn and what's your next step. One of the reasons, I'm, I really, one of the reasons we're supposed to struggle with this is because God finally will get your full attention. When you look at him and say, I really want to make a difference with my life. I want some purpose. I want some meaning. What do I do? And he finally gets your attention. He looks you in the face and says, have you been paying attention? Have you been paying attention to what I've been doing in your life this whole time? Because there's stuff in there that goes off like a trigger that tells you this is what you were made for. Are you paying attention? You were made for purpose. And if you've settled for the belief that you've been passed by, I hope you'll revisit that. I hope you'll take a step forward. If you've been holding out, holding for a perfect job to come along, can I tell you, you could find it in your vocation. You can, but it's not the job. It's the person that God is making inside of you right now that carries his message to the world in your unique way. Can you find a way to use that in your world? I hope you can. Let me pray with you.
God, out of your deep abiding love for us, you, you built us with purpose. Like there's things to do with our lives that matter. And for many of us, uh, we've been so upset about the job that we've not looked at who you made us to be. God, see, it's possible. It's possible to take who you made us to be into a vocation and to make that work for your kingdom. But for many of us, that won't work because we're just looking for the job to be fulfilling to us. And it's who you made us to be that does that. So I just ask that you would wake up your people. You've been at work. You're doing stuff. You're messing with our hearts. You're writing stories. I ask you would help us to see clearly what you're doing so that we can get excited about representing you, honoring you in the world. God, this was a hard, this was a hard week. Attended the funeral of somebody who passed way too early. But it reminded me again how important purpose was because he filled his life with a stuff that mattered. And he left marks all over people's lives because of it. It wasn't about him. It was about honoring you. God, I ask you would wake us to be the people that we were meant to be. People full of purpose that would honor your kingdom and your ways and your values and that we would leave the marks for you that we were meant to leave. Wake our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. We are so glad you're able to experience what's happening here at Waypoint Community Church through our podcasts. Our prayer is that these resources are a blessing to you. Please be sure to catch us again next time.